Welcome to Beltalota, the officially unofficial podcast for the expanse on sci-fi. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about season three, episode ten, titled Dandelion Sky. Uh, I learned something interesting from re- listening to the churn. Official was podcast. It the explanation of the title because every reference to it just led back to the discussion of this episode. Uh, yes, but also that Dandelion Sky was supposed to be the name of the third book. Oh, really? Yeah, Abaddon's Gate. Hmm. Uh, but their publisher didn't like the title. They said they actually wanted to sell some books. They like so. Abaddon or Abaddon's Gate better? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I find that very hard to say. Yeah. Because I don't know how to pronounce it, but maybe most people don't have that problem. Uh, I know uh, how to pronounce Dandelion. Uh, yeah, so do I in French, actually. Um, it's it's weird. I, I was listening to this book uh, called Coffin Corner Boys, uh-huh. which is about... Pilots who are a, a crew of Offens bombers and quarters, who got kids. shut. Yeah, Offens and quarters. Uh, it's not quite that that much fun. <laughs> uh, they got shot down over over France in World War Two. Uh huh. Um, and they apparently, like, for some reason in the book, they mentioned that dandelion in French is the word piss on lee, uh. which literally means piss the bed. Really? Because dandelions were used as like an herbal diuretic for uh. a, a long time. So. I don't. That's not relevant, but I thought it was a weird coincidence that I would learn that phrase mm. right now. Uh, um, piss on Lee Sky. Yeah, piss on Lee Sky. No, apparently Dandelion Sky is so named because of the what happens with the ring at the end. Like the visual of it is sort of like being in the center of this thing with all these spokes, and you can kind of visualize a dandelion being in the center of it. Oh, kind of, kind of looking out. Okay, like it's the center of a of a of the puffball form of yeah. a dandelion. Okay, I can right. see that. I can so, see that. I don't know. I, I guess when you look at it that way, it's it works. So you've read the third book, yeah? Yeah. Do they use the word dandelion sky anywhere? In no. The, huh. No, they're doing a lot of of riffing. free association, yeah, man. They're really riffing this just, season. Just let it be, man. Although I have to say, after watching this episode, I'm both like. 90% sure that they're going to get to the end of the third book, mm-hmm. but I'm also like 90% sure that they're going to have to jam the pedal to the metal yeah. in these well, last three episodes. I would buy that, sure. Because they've got a lot of ground to cover, uh, but it looks like they're headed that direction. What do you think of this episode? Uh, I really liked it, like in a just a terms of uh, hard, hard science fiction um, yeah. and... You know, kind of first contact and having to be a big old political mess. Um, and yeah, that was always my concern in the first two seasons of The Expanse is like losing all this complex political drama and just have it be, you know, some bullshit alien thing. Mm-hmm. And if if anything, it seems like the protomolecule is just is just you know ratcheting up the pressure and the tension and all that stuff. So yeah, they've been really good about keeping the protomolecule as yeah a thing that causes conflict between right. the human factions. Right. And and I like that they are not afraid to answer some questions. Like I felt like we got a lot of solid information <laughs> about what the proto molecule is or how it's being expressed and mm-hmm. which I think was vital to understanding what we're seeing at the end. Oh yeah, I want to ask what you think is going on when we get there. Uh I'm not entirely sure, but like were it not for a few monologues by by Miller, I would be yeah. I'd just completely like what what the fuck. But there's like some solid 2001 Space Odyssey shit at the end, like I was joking about the Star Child. 
<laughs> shit, but I'll be damned if Holden wasn't floating naked in the middle of space <laughs> screaming. Sure like, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's pretty much Star Child shit. <laughs> uh, what did you think as a book reader? Yeah, no, I loved it. I I knew where they were headed, obviously, in this episode, and I knew what the climax of the episode would be based yeah. on what I've read. Yeah. And I was like, how the hell are they going to visualize right. this? Because so much of it happens, like inside Holden's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And conveying informa- that that information is a very difficult thing. Yeah. I, I was I think they nailed it. That I was think my they question. Like if you had like ideas of how it would be visualized or whatever, how well it lined up with your expectations or I, I honestly had no expectations. Yeah. I, I was puzzled. I like if you tasked me with trying to visualize what I read, mm-hmm. I would be lost. What about w- just- without like, just like giving it all away right. you know they 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 walk a fine line between telling you everything right. and telling you nothing there, there's a middle ground is the ring as visualized in the show pretty consistent with how you imagine it would look like in the book like the inside of it uh yeah wasn't sure how yeah. much like the, the description they did of like the interior of it or whatnot but they they do a lot more vague stuff mm. you know they don't they don't have to like exactly explain what's happening but like you know the 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 idea of the nucleus opening up and kind of, right. uh, you know, closing back around Holden right. and him traveling through it. All of that stuff was very similar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I said, I, um, I, the other thing is like, it, this does seem to be holding a lot of people's attention because I just read an article where the show has essentially gained 15% over the ratings two weeks in a row. Nice. So, like, not only did a lot of people come by to check out the Expanse during the whole cancellation kerfuffle, but a lot of people are like, staying around hmm. and uh, actively watching, which is bodes well for the show's future. And I think, you know, and I, I'd hate to see the science fiction fan that, like, watches five or six episodes of the Expanse is like, nah, not my cup of tea. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like maybe they're holding that for like a Flash Gordon uh, yeah. reboot or revival. This is just Lost this is space. Just this is the wrong Netflix. direction. This is going <laughs> in the wrong direction. I want it more into out- outrageous, crazy stuff. But yeah. uh, that I uh, I thought that was I thought that was great. Event Horizon. Maybe they'll <laughs> remake another one of those. For right. You. Right. All right. Uh, are we ready to get into the recap? I think so. Uh, we start with Amos and Alex watching Holden's farewell message. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm kind of surprised that he even left one. Honestly, I did too because I got I got the idea that he's like, okay, jump to the nucleus, let's jump to the nucleus. Yeah. But he he sat down. I guess that's smart <laughs> because he had to know that one the the first instincts that Amos, if that Alex would have, is like, well, shit, grab my gun, mm-hmm. grab my spacesuit, let's go after him. Absolutely, uh, and. It's a funny scene. When, you it know, is. Amos, you can see what's going through Amos's head, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, whenever this message, fucking long message ends, I'm going to get out there with my gun. Right. And I'm going to go after him. Right. And at the end, he gives the order, and he's like, shit. And that's also it went with, like, Holden's face, where he's, like, connecting to these men as, like, his friends and brothers, and, like, it's very mm-hmm. camaraderie. But then he, like, but also, <laughs> uh-huh. don't follow me. That's an order. Like, he, he that's... It, it's so weird to have like a Kirk figure in a crew of three. Yeah, like if it was just Kirk, like pulling, Spock and McCoy. yeah, like imagine, yeah, if it's just Kirk, yeah. Spock, and McCoy pulling rank. If the Starship Enterprise just had three dudes on it, would be <laughs> a lot more like it'd be much more of like a communal roommate situation. Yeah, I'm actually, and they 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 fooled us into thinking it was a crew when you got like ten other people on board, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it's uh it's an oligarchy of 3. 
and mm-hmm. I think with Holden gone, <laughs> Amos is in charge, kinda. Uh, I, also, I mean, yeah, I don't think Alex is is willing. Oh, I don't think Alex is able to command. I have some theories about what's going on with Alex, but I'm gonna wait mm-hmm. until we get a little bit further into the episode. Okay. Uh, speaking of Holden, he's en route to the nucleus, and he and Miller discuss his status of patron saint of lost causes. Oh man, I love the visuals of all of this. Yeah, how. It, it's so weird. Like, it's so... It just feels wrong to have Holden, like, speeding through space and Miller just standing there in front of him. Right. And I can't tell if it feels wrong because they didn't quite nail the special effects or if it feels wrong because it's just such a weird, unusual thing. Yeah, I kept on... Well, as I was watching this, I was trying to ponder whether this is them not nailing the special effects or... In reality, a human being transitioning a void space going this mm-hmm. fast would look like nothing. Would look like it's not even moving. You know, we're conditioned yeah. to, like, the fabric should be rippling, or you should see, like, particles zipping by. <laughs> but that right. would actually probably be a less realistic depiction of this. It would, yeah. Uh, it's just... It, I, I think they did nail it. It's just, like you said, so unusual. Um but but the problem, I guess, here with this scene is that it had me thinking about that the whole time. The first time I watched this episode, I blanked on this entire conversation because mm-hmm. I was thinking about the effects. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is two guys standing on a green screen, the soundstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It with does look not like Not moving that. at all. Right. Yeah, and it looks a lot like that. And I'm like, okay, but that's, that is what it would look like. But right. all this stuff shouldn't be going through my head as they're explaining yeah. you know, some important stuff. Here. Yeah, I wonder, like, where – because there's an argument to be made that maybe – Maybe they should have thrown a few particle effects so it's just really zipping by so you get the, you know, the the, the sensation of speed. Yeah, it puts my mind at ease as a viewer. Right. I I think I like what they did here. It just took me out of it a little bit. Um, But it looks really cool. um, I will say that, and I guess we can get to... um, So so here's here's the thing uh, before we get to the next scene. There is a little bit of character development here, I think, Mm-hmm. Which, up to this point, Holden has been doing this, like, bitching and moaning about, oh, why me, why me, why me? Not realizing that these are all choices he's made because of the person he is. I hope, mm-hmm. going forward, that he is a bit more confident about getting into the shit. Mm-hmm. Like, none of this, like, oh, we're just going to mind our own business on our stolen Martian skiff and damn the consequences to the rest <laughs> of the solar system. Like, Yeah, no. that feels very anti-Holden. That, that stance, right? Like right. getting back to this idea of I'm just going to do what's right no matter the right. cost to right. to myself. I could, that's holding. I could get down with – I know we decry like circular character arcs sometimes, but I could get a little bit of uh, – I could get down a little bit of pendulum swinging because like uh-huh. trying to be isolationist is foolish, especially you know if you've got some unique talents and skills and, and a ship that's neutral that can that help out in situation. But like – Going all in and trying to like get ahead of situations can also like maybe maybe his path of essentially kind of waiting until things drag him into it is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe that like that's all the character change is going to be like him embracing the fact that the churn you know he's going to get thrown into the churn a few times and that's kind of his destiny. Yeah, I think the the problems come about when he tries to defy his own nature. Uh, and that's essentially like Miller what Miller says. is telling him. You're right. the patron saint of lost causes. Quit, quit running from it. Exactly. Uh, th- that That's where he gets into trouble. 
Uh, next scene, the Union Prince successfully transits a ring as Anna blows off a very troubled lieutenant. Yeah, I couldn't help but notice that Anna was acting a little weird in these scenes. Like, she seems very absorbed, and it's the point of these scenes. She's absorbed in her own... I say selfish, but selfish is not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, her own personal desire to explore this new phenomenon. Right. Uh, and she can't see that this guy needs her attention. Right. And she's like, I I don't know how I feel about this because she's essentially playing scientist. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like I, I don't know how. And, and I think the scientist figure is there to kind of help sell that. The, the idea that her observations are kind of banal and not super helpful. He almost felt like a kindergarten teacher. Right. Like letting her discover something that he already knows on his own like right when she says what are those purple things it's like well i could zoom in and tell you exactly what they are but right. you go ahead and do it right and you know like he says like, these biological models are not super helpful and he's absolutely right like what is the odds that this is going to be like like you can directly analogize this to some kind of infectious system although yeah. knowing the show it's probably going to be right on um <laughs> knowing yeah. science fiction in general uh, they also make it clear, like that this isn't like a wormhole, which is I think one of the theories that people are talking about, or at least the scientist doesn't think so. It yep. is very highly energetic. Uh, we found out that there's three objects: the slingshot or belter torpedo, and the Martian probe are orbiting equidistantly around the nucleus. Which, like, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Um, I did really I like. I almost th- get the impression like those are spare parts they're keeping yeah because we are rapidly approaching the end of my knowledge of the books Uh i've only read to the end of book three this is like midway book three so we're like i'm i'm guessing just as much as you are here like maybe these are spare parts that it's keeping around because you see what it does with the marine that right disassembles right it kind of just reintegrates it into the nucleus right right maybe that's the thing uh, they're still doing this uh, sparring about whether you know God. You know they're, they're doing a lot of like religious discussion and talk, which I'm not sure what the point is. Uh, like every single fucking episode, hmm. Anna has to justify her belief in God to, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, the writers of the show. Uh, I, I I I don't know. I I find that a little they getting to be a little trite. Like like every single time, yeah. you know. No, I feel you. Um, they it, don't always need to point out, hey, she's a religious person. Well, it's like the thing is, is like if society is still religious enough to have a chapel aboard a warship, then a lot of this like a lot of a lot of this stuff comes across as like bullying by you know like like like. If if still half of the civilian population whatever believes in God, can you really just be that dismissive and an asshole about? Their I didn't beliefs? think the, the scientist was dismissive. No, I mean I'm, I thought it was just brought up again. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Maybe it's that's like if what the scientist is. every week was reminded, "Hey, you're a scientist," by something that right. someone said. Right. It's like, well, you right. don't need to remind us every like week. He reaches for the salt shaker, and it's like, yeah. oh, sodium chloride. How <laughs> like the fucking scientist to add a chemical to his food? Like, right. come on. Sometimes I'm just reaching for the salt shaker, guy. <laughs> or even like, hey, you should thank gravity for that, huh? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> You can pour that salt. What? Um, speaking of gravity, they make a big point that there is no gravity aboard these ships. Yeah. I think they're doing a terrible job of acting that. 
Like, this is kind of a regression back to season one where everyone's standing on tables. Mm. They're leaning against tables. A guy goes into his quarter and sits on his bed. What the <laughs> fuck? It actually takes more effort to sit on the bed than it does to hang there. It's true. I don't. But then, like, there's big showy parts where, mm. you know, slight spoiler for five minutes from now, uh, Lieutenant uh, uh, Nemirov blows his head off, and then it's, like, super zero-G. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I don't, is it asking too much for them to do better on this? No, I don't think so. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I it, d- it doesn't bother me a ton, but it would be like like if The Walking Dead, good. the shittiest, least attention paying show in the goddamn universe, can hold zombie school for their extras, where like everyone's on the same page. This is how zombies act. So no, but like you yeah. know, there's not some zombie off acting extra in the middle of it. Like mm-hmm. maybe they should do that with their extras. Like here's what zero G looks like. Get a couple astronauts in there. This your hands are going to be full. Like watch yeah. some fi- footage of guys in Skylab and International Space Station. Mm-hmm. This is what it looks like because it's it's distracting and it shouldn't be. Like I like it's just little things. Like I don't I I wouldn't even need them to have their hands floating up cuz maybe that looks ridiculous. But don't <laughs> have them leaning on the goddamn tables. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm with you. Uh, they just need to take they just need to film this thing in the vomit comet. <laughs> just get them up there. Right. And it will just do a big a big uh Yeah arc here and you're just gonna be weightless because i think the regular crew is kind of like getting it yeah yeah and you know you don't usually catch them out doing stuff like this but just like i said make it go the zero g school for all the the people you're going to be pointing the camera at i think going too far would probably be to complain about like the hair not moving in the right no, way. That's and shit yeah, like you're that. right. You're I mean, right. you're not going to CG every single you're right. hair that's like, on like a Anna's necklace head. isn't going to like float around right. her neck. Like it's like it'd be awesome if they could do stuff like that, but the, uh-huh. the budget's not there. Yeah. But pant, you know, act. <laughs> sure, act. I get you. Uh, the other thing is, what do we? I want to talk about Lieutenant Nemiroff. Um I have a theory that the the ring is affecting certain people in bad ways. Like, like the same kind of like pushing of buttons that's going on a Holden's head is mm-hmm. having some sort of side effect because Alex seems out uncharacteristically pants shitting mm-hmm. this Lieutenant Nemiroff. I mean, you know, suicide's a complex thing. It happens because of all kinds of, di- but I felt like this was a little bit more unnatural. Hmm. Like, like that. This is a, uh, this is a, this is a very unprovoked reaction. I don't know if I'm, that's what I'm getting. I don't know if it's intended, but like his paranoia and uh, it seems to be mir- mirroring Alex's paranoia as well. Well, they do a lot of uh, CG work to show us that the screens are all flickering, right. and kind of not completely stable. And yeah, later on they talk about Miller pushing Holden's buttons, yeah, a trillion at a time. Yeah, yeah. So maybe. Yeah. Um. Okay, I think that's that's uh, we had a lot to unpack this. Uh, oh, they're also keeping thirty percent below the speed limit, which twelve point six kilometers per hour. Which I'm going to do some math is important, on later. But oof, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm going to do some I'm going to do some math later on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is Anna blows off Lieutenant Nemirov, which uh, we talked about it. I didn't. Uh, Anna is going to really obsess over this later. I think she's being hard on herself, but let's I guess move on. Uh, Naomi tries in vain aboard her skiff to get the Rasanati to respond to her, but does gain the attention of the Martians. Bobby's back. Bobby's back. That's the most important development of the episode. It's, it's all <laughs> converging, the MCR and Zeusin. Yeah. Uh, so she is not part of the Marine contingent that goes to stop Holden in the books. Okay. 
So they have placed her here, I feel like, for the very specific reason of showing that the Martians don't want to just kill Holden. Or, or giving them a reason not to just blow Although Holden Bobby's away. the one that does unload on him. Like, Bobby they would all absolutely yeah. blow, cut Miller in half. I, I think she had something to prove in that <laughs> moment. Yeah. It, 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 indeed, indeed. Uh, we learned a new uh, Belter symbol for asshole. Which is essentially like the OK sign that you pound against oh, your yeah. chest. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's what that. Maybe that's just a Naomi thing, but I think that's a Belter sign for asshole. Probably. Uh, speaking of, let's go ahead and talk about Bobby since you brought it up. Um, yeah, she's on a drop ship that's assigned to apprehend Holden. Uh, she's very skeptical that he blew up the ship, but doesn't really appreciate her loyalty or mission focus questioned mm-hmm. at all. Uh, yet that's what literally. I, I almost wonder why. It, it's 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 interesting you mentioned she's not in the books because it's just on my border of being able to maintain credibility that they would put her in this situation six months after. Right. Like, may, she's on the ship, fine, mm-hmm. fine. Uh, out of a detachment of four Marines, they would put one that's potentially emotionally compromised. Like, the fuck? How many Marines do you think they have on that ship? A hundred? More than four. More than At four. At least five. We'll More than that. four. But, like, Bobby's <laughs> going to go because she has something. Because that's what the MCRE... They, 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 they love looking for ways that their emotionally compromised troops <laughs> can prove themselves in a first contact situation. Come yeah, it, it does... I, See, I like in the books that the characters just kind of disappear from the story for a right. while. Because it feels that like feels a big, natural. It feels like a big solar system. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, this is not... I don't know. I don't want to call it any other sci-fi series, but right. it just starts to feel too small of a no, universe. No, I know what you're going for. Yeah. This is starting to feel like Yoda's best friends are Chewbacca, didn't you know? Exactly. Like, it's like, <laughs> come on. But, uh, but, I mean, it's it's not a fatal criticism. Like I said, it's just on the border of my be like calling bullshit, but sure. yeah. um, you also have to ec- economize. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game of Thrones does the same thing. Like, a lot of times as a book reader, I'd scratch my head like, the fuck are they doing this? But then... You get a half season or a season into it, and you're like, oh, I see. This allowed them to essentially completely jettison this storyline. So, Oh, yeah, and they're doing a hell of a job streamlining this thing, yes. I got to say. Yes. Uh, I-, I do think it's especially weird to have Bobby here when we have this six-month gap that you're talking about mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you can imagine any number of things keeping her from, from coming back here. Right. Um, and it wasn't like... Eh, we just sort of ended up here because that's where the story took us. It was more, it feels more planned, mm-hmm. which seems strange to plan to put Bobby in a place where Holden is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it makes a lot of character sense and storage, but it, you're right. It does feel, you can, you can feel the fingerprints of the writers on the situation. And if, the, if we hadn't cut away for six months, if uh-huh. this was just like, well, that's where Bobby is. And, and of course she's going to end up there because that's the only place she she could go yeah like i'm thinking of a situation where bobby was still aboard the rasanati and she mm-hmm. finds out these marines are landing and she's going to try to like use her stature as the deserter who turned out to be the hero to calm down the situation fine or, but... or like you know the the ring is formed and bobby has just gotten on this other ship and she, mm-hmm. their ship gets ordered to the ring yeah that would make a lot of sense you know yeah. she has no control over that but here did, it did seems ty weird. did ty and dan mention talk about any of this synchronicity no okay no i would like to ask them about that though um is it possible that the ring itself is manipulating these events like it's like because that's the other I, ultimate I mean, like it, it w- certainly could be it's manipulating holden right like like the the 
it's reaching out and it's reaching out to people it has personal experience with. And Bobby has had two close encounters with it. So it, it's known to the protomolecule. She's known to the protomolecule. It could be that it's subtly influencing events. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm not like too up in arms about it. Um, shall we move on? Yeah. Uh, Holden still floating towards the nucleus and fretting that he should have brought a gun with him uh, <laughs> when Miller informs him that he's got company. I do, I do love that line. Yeah. yeah I should have brought a gun. It's just so... It's it's a non sequitur, right? And it right. works so well. I don't know. It's but anytime, good. like, yeah, like, if you're going into, like, if I was going into an unknown scary situation, it's it's natural to me. Like, man, I wish I had something besides my dick in my hand, you know? The the thing that he doesn't know is he has the protection of the station. Right. Obviously. And the station can stop, like, it's it's like a super Neo on, on yeah. crack. It can, it can essentially do anything. No, I mean, Miller tells him, look, I can stop him. Right. I can get the station to stop him permanently. Right, and he's like, it's yeah. also Miller says, like, hey, it's me calming the station security down. It's late even letting this happen. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's like, oh, god damn it, now I'm annoyed that Anna's going to be right. He's, like, suppressing its immune response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, the bio, the bio models do work. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the Martians are coming, which causes Holden to put the pedal to the metal. He accelerates all the way up to 17,996 mm-hmm. kph. Good good thing his suit is not like plus or minus 10% like every other speedometer <laughs> right. I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's, it, it freaks out uh, Miller a little bit, too, because he's... Uh, but this is this is uh, Miller exercising his free will, which is a debate that they've they've been having as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amos and Alex have a conversation about the relative comfort in chaotic situations. I think at the end of this scene, Amos tells Alex he's going to kill him. If it comes to that, <laughs> okay, yeah. If like we're the last ones alive in the solar system, uh-huh. and we're just going to suffocate, like uh, yeah, uh, I, I yeah, I. I love Amos. Everyone knows mm-hmm. I love Amos. Of He's course. my favorite character. This this borders a little bit a lot. Like I almost feel like I should have. This feels like sometimes what they used to do in Firefly, where Mal would say something like "badass" and "scary," and then it would smash cut to the crew just laughing uh-huh. their ass off that he he said this with a straight face. Like this is so badass, grim, dark, cool that I kind of need that. Like. <laughs> Like, yeah. you know, I've just I haven't felt fear since I'm five years old. I wish I could be like that. No, no, you don't. <laughs> here's here's the thing. This <laughs> I, I think on. this this speech only works on Alex, but barely. Right. Because everybody else knows Amos too well, like Holden or Naomi. Right. They would both know Amos so well. They'd be like, this is not you or like, what the hell, man? What yeah. What are you talking about? Like, it, Alex feels like he is barely able to get a grasp on who Amos is, which mm. I think makes this scene work. Right. Right. Um, also, we learn a lot more about... Well, a lot more. We learn some more about Amos' background. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this the, this is the scene where he, he says he knew somebody growing up. Yeah. Does that end the churn? Does the story end the churn? Uh... I don't want to spoil anything. The turn is really good. You just you just told people to fucking read it. And there's no spoilers, man. Uh, well, well, I don't want to spoil the churn. Okay, but like I, well, I'm asking you, is this a spoiler for the churn? Like, the, is the show itself spoiling the churn? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think I think it's it's filling in details that happened before the churn. Okay. Like th- this idea that Amos hasn't felt fear since he was five years old. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of discussion about his very young childhood, but not. Mm. But the book takes place in his like 
teens, mm. like late-ish teens. Right. So I don't think it spoiled anything. I did like his when he's talking about and this woman he knew in Baltimore. If if uh, the world ever ended, she was going to mm-hmm. uh, have a drink with her cats and then jump off the roof. <laughs> Alex is like with the cats, and Amos is like like a fucking pharaoh. It's mm-hmm. so it's so funny. And he goes, "Don't worry, buddy. If it comes to it, I'll take you with me." Uh, is that what Alex wants to hear? I don't think so. Mm. I think he he gives this little this very subtle eye movement. Mm-hmm. That says, "Did I just hear what I thought I heard?" <laughs> right, right. And it worries him. And I, I also like Amos's response to like, "We're way over our heads." He's like, "That's been true since we've been sharpening sticks and going after lions." Like, yeah, yeah fair point. Like, I mean, this have, is very much Amos's view of the churn. I mean, humans really have no business doing any of the things that they've done. Yeah, it's it's like you know this improbability of just evolving this massive brain that's that's allowed us to do all this shit. So it's it mm-hmm. is a little bit of like anytime someone wants to shrink back from anybody, you you can say that about anything. Like this is essentially uh, uh, a a way to reject all forms of caution, which I don't sure. I don't think is entirely healthy. Of course, as we've talked about. But it's a microcosm of this show too. Like it's like the prudent thing would be like, well, if the Belter's going all in. Good luck with that. We're gonna stay and we're gonna stay outside and watch the thing chew you up and spit you out. But no, because of greed and fear of falling behind and fear of missing out, every, everyone has to go all in. Uh, Anna continues to play the scientist as Claire Mouse stomps around and Mag Boots trying to figure out how to intercept the Rossi before the Martians can. And mm-hmm. I just, if you can't go faster than the thing's already going at the fastest it's speed, work. it's just. You, Not, don't you, need a complex understanding of physics to, to, to puzzle that one out. Yeah. Uh, and and you don't have the angle. I mean, Melba Melba's just not going to get an angle. Yeah. Uh, are we still are we calling her Melba now? Uh, Claire. Yeah. Okay. I'm transitioning. I'm transitioning her to Mal. Uh, okay. Uh, so there's a couple interesting things in the scene. The scientist opining that objects inside the ship may violate the speed limit. I they they there's that's got to be important. Yeah, I, why include that line? They don't. They don't. I don't think. Well, you know they, what? It they provide the resolution here. Uh, but. No, they do because Nemirov proves it true. He wouldn't be able to blow his head oh, off. Oh yeah, you're right. If if that. Well, I guess if he shot the bullet backwards facing the ship, it would technically not be violating the speed limit. Because so um, I don't. Depending on how he was sitting, I guess there's some wiggle room there. Yeah, I don't think bullets go eighteen thousand. What is it? Meters per no, but hour, if, the, if it's accelerating backwards, it's going to go much less than right, right, right. What I'm oh, saying, yeah, you you're still right. violate oh, yeah, it you're if right. the bullet traveled fast, but it doesn't. You're, you're, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, That's you're right. enormously fast. They're thirty percent under this maximum speed, which is well under the velocity of these firearms, I would think. So, yeah, that yeah. doesn't prove anything. Damn it! But mm. it, uh, I don't know, it proves it proves something. God damn it, it, it doesn't proves prove, something. It doesn't prove anything. Uh, so this is where Anna deploys her... The purple field is uh, like a cyst or uh, an, 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 an immune response to a foreign object that's irritating it. It's it's kind of like mm-hmm. purling these things like a fucking giant space clam. Um, and... Oh, so here's where like I feel like Anna's being too hard on herself because in the moment she got caught up, but she does check in with this Lieutenant Nemiroff and he says he's fine. Mm-hmm. Like... That was her opportunity. That was his opportunity to bear his Methodist soul if he wanted to, and he decided not to take her up on it. Hmm. Yeah, 
I guess so. Or maybe he read the room and she he's he was like, after she shut him down the first time, he wasn't going to make himself vulnerable to that again. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I I mean I I don't want to say that Anna is being too hard on herself because I don't think she's being really that hard on herself. I think it refocused her. It made her understand that mm. oh, I'm here for a purpose and I need to not really get caught up in all the rest of this, but I don't think it's going to have like crushing lasting effects okay i don't think she's gonna be a torn down person because of right, letting this man kill this himself. season she's kind of been the show's like whipping boy because you know she goes to the un to try to help something and at, ends up getting two million people killed <laughs> she goes out to here to like experience something new and she might end up losing her family her life and she certainly yeah. i I, I had a grim moment of of humor where I realized that Anna was going to be responsible for the death of two people this episode, because um, she she tells Nemiroff to fuck him, go fuck himself when he's oh, suicidal, and, and then he tells Tilly to the to, to follow her <laughs> instincts. Yeah, like, bad and, bad advice. In this yeah, situation. And, and as Claire's swirling her tongue around, uh-huh. like, oh no, this is this is going to be bad. Um, but yeah, uh, they also I have think this... I think it will give. Anna a plausible excuse for why she went to the ring like if mm. she just if she had to come back to her family right eventually and say look I just went because I'm selfish I just went because I really wanted to see how awesome it would be it, it probably wouldn't fly but if she comes back and said well I, my job here was to help these people in what is po- potentially the most trying time right. that anyone has ever experienced right uh that's a little more plausible, a little more understandable. I feel like Anna could just roll around with like Drake's God's plan running in the background, and like as a religious person, isn't like like anything you do is following God's uh-huh. call, right? You can just say like, well, you know, I thought about it and prayed about it, and God wanted me to be there. What's your wife going to say about that? Yeah, like that might not be get out of jail club for like a going to a strip club, <laughs> or did you get uh-huh. a jail card for going to a strip club or murdering someone or infidelity or something like, like gambling that? Gambling away the life savings. Or yeah. <laughs> As long as what you want to pursue is not a a vice <laughs> called out in the Bible, it's God's plan. Yeah, it's yeah. God's plan. You can't be mad at me. It's God's plan. He wanted me to be here. He wanted me to be in this ring. Uh, yeah. So they also have this plot where the EXO is wanting to talk to Miss Fagan. He's the one that she's kind of blackmailing or extorting. And I guess they're just... It, it wasn't clear to me why they needed Miss Fagan out of the room and why they bring her back, but... And it doesn't seem like if if my theory is correct and she's going to be murdered at the end of this episode, it d- doesn't seem like that's going to go anywhere. But it happens, and I wanted to, to shout it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drummer is excited to the, to realize they've got pole position on the center of the ring because the prince is behind them and the Martians are chasing the Rasanati, mm-hmm. so they can reach it first. Uh, but Ashford shit talks her command as Diego looks on approvingly. <laughs> yeah, uh, this begins the. What you could view as a plot to overthrow Drummer, or what you could view as Ashford simply speaking his mind. This is why they need. This is why captain. the Mormon ship needs a ready room. They yeah, need absolutely. a ready room. They <laughs> Damn it, they do. Uh, because like there is no place where you can just like it doesn't seem like no. there's a place where you can quietly down with the farming your... the farming drones. You know, <laughs> right? It's the only yeah. place where you can get some privacy. Yeah. Uh, on this gigantic ship. I mean, 
it's been a debate since he showed up what Ashford's actually trying to do here. Yeah. But I feel like this episode is cementing the fact that he is a shitster. And he is trying to manipulate the situation. Like, I mm-hmm. felt like Drummer it, it just completely has him pegged at the end of this episode. Yeah. You are acting right. in a very specific way so that when you inevitably have to take command of the ship, everyone will know that you were forced to do it because I'm so fucking emotionally compromised and incompetent. Which... Mm-hmm. Also might be true. Like, I don't know the drummer is the best person to command the ship. Like, Ashford's a su- I, super badass. I think Ashford has a point about allowing your chief engineer to leave the job. Like, like imagine, right. like, Chief O'Brien was just allowed to leave DS9. Right. For an indeterminate amount of time. Where does that leave DS9? Like, look, we're trying to put back this station back together after Cardassian, like, yeah. sabotage. We... We need you. I get it. On the other hand, I think this is this is like a, the fallacy of a crucial person that Star Trek falls into all the time. Like the chief engineer left the ship. You know For what would happen? Somebody, yeah. The second chief engineer would step forward and be the new chief engineer. It's mm-hmm. like I get it that Naomi is You're gonna like promote Barkley to LaForge's <laughs> position. No, there's that no, shit would not. No, fly. there's got to be people in between LaFor- like LaForge <laughs> and Barkley. I reject that Barkley is second in. They're the only two engineering, engineering crew you can name. You know what? <laughs> I, I don't have any canon proof that you're yep. wrong because yep. uh, it's very, apparently those are the only two guys. And Scotty, the one time where they found him in a oh, fucking right. time microwave or whatever, <laughs> uh, there was three. There was a one time, one glorious, one glorious. <laughs> Day, there was three engineers on board of Starship That's Enterprise. That's the day LaForge needed to die. But if he was ever going to die, it's a little silly to have like like literally no one else can reprogram a farm probe but Nagata and Drummer. Yeah, That's... yeah, no, it's I, I agree with you, but she also you know lampshades that by saying I needed to be down here because I'm pissed off. Yeah, and but I that didn't to me blow that up. makes her a bad captain. Like. <laughs> I mean, it's better, Captain, than blowing up in on Ashford oh, and sending sure. him to the brig. For and, sure, like, yeah, for sure. But like, what I'm saying is, like, you know, the captain doing a mundane piece of maintenance mm-hmm. is not a great look. Like, you know, like, like just just destroying something or quarters. I'd prefer to her just, you know, down there doing scut work. I don't know. She, the, Captain Card, went into his ready room and just listened to Mozart. Like, played half a flute the time. Right? Yeah, played the fucking flute. You know, yeah. looked at his his models that's that's the one of the command prerogatives man uh so yeah bobby then manages to get through to holding on comms but he appears to be not entirely rational like yeah what what i i don't know what holden is thinking here like yeah what is going through your head that you're well i know what it is it's miller it's the proto molecule that's what's going through your head uh (laughs) But I don't know why he even opens this channel if he's having an active conversation with a ghost. And and why is Miller not able to play it cool? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you I know. don't know. Like, I, I, the I, only I, thing I can think is he's trying to get Holden to slow down? Hmm. Maybe, but he's, like, in a stable, like, you know, he's not going to accelerate accidentally. I... It's it's like I, I feel like the other end of this conversation is just Miller making fart noises or like uh-huh. la, like 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 metaphorically putting his ears or his fingers in Holden's ears and going la la la. Yeah, you, you get a little snippets like he's like monkeys and microwaves. What are you? Uh, <laughs> it, it's funny know. because Holden, you know, doesn't want Miller there and he's right. there, and when he does need Miller, Miller often doesn't appear. So right, 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 right. <laughs> it's just funny reversal. Um, Let me ask you, are the Marines trying to establish that Holden has lost his mind so that they can kill him? 
so they can justify just murdering him. It does feel like that, which or, I think is a little surprising. Or at least have an explanation when, they, when the inevitable, in their mind, happens. Yeah, Because yeah. um, they know Holden's not coming with him, willingly. I... It's tough, because, like, I don't know... I don't know uh, how much the universe at large buys into the Holden as the hero. It seems like a lot because he's got a documentary crew and several times people are like mentioning him as like the hero of the belt and, and like the one, the savior of Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only been six months. I don't know what this lieutenant uh, the that's in charge of the Marine detachment thinks. I think it's more of like he's trying to get leverage on, on Bobby to be like, look, this guy's crazy. If, if things go down, I need you. I need you on our side, not his side. Yeah, and he just shouldn't, like she is, he shouldn't so. have to do that, right? Right. And like, no. Bobby I, should either follow her orders or not be there. Right. Agreed. Uh, uh, Holden does assert that, look, I didn't blow up the Sungun and neither did the Rossi. I got to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Holden arrives at the nucleus and Miller tries to coax him to enter the insides. Yeah. Uh, this is also a pretty cool scene where he's swallowed by the nucleus. What's up with that weird backpack parachute thing he's got? I think that's just a thrust. Oh, oh, when he, when he, yeah. Uh, it seems like a weird way it's to a, slow yourself it's down. A, it's a one-time thing, too. I guess it it would correctly orient the thrust? I don't like, know. automatically? My thing is, like, it may be, because uh, we're going to do some G-Force calculations here in a bit, like, the fact that it's on some sort of, like, bungee deployable system would allow uh, the moment of deceleration to be artificially stretched out? Maybe. Um, because he is going 18,000 kilometers per hour and he's about to go zero. So like, yeah, that's a hell of a lot of G's that you're going to sustain. Um, but that's like, man, these suits are just so much, much more sophisticated than I would have given him credit for before this Mm -hmm. episode. Like the fact that that's built, I guess these are like Martian recon suits too. They're not like, these are badass suits. They're not like the Goliath, but they're like, you know, military spec. You might be, have to be prepared for anything Mm kind of. Kind yeah, of deal. This is not a Belder spacesuit. Like you're jumping out of a ship in battle, and you gotta you gotta try to make your way over to another one, and there's gonna be massive velocity differences. Okay, mm-hmm. but it's a single use thing because like you know, I guess seems like it. Yeah, like I a parachute. W- I wish it just reeled itself back in a little bit, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Uh, he lands, uh, and here is a lot of dense explanation of what the proto molecule is as envisioned by yeah. Miller. Uh, as they're kind of floating, I'm a little gratified because I feel like earlier in the season I laid out like what I thought the proto molecule might be, which is like this leftover technology from a long dormant race, and I felt like I got confirmation of that. Holt Miller yeah, says I, this is. I think that's reasonable. This is a play. This is a civilization that used to be abundant, and it was around for billions, of, billions of years ago, and now all that's left is locked doors and lights on a timer. Yeah. Um. How would such a civilization disappear? That's the only question I have a, because perhaps a more advanced civilization, perhaps they self-destructed. Um, they ascended into the astral plane. Like that's like yeah, the Star Trek way of became, understanding it, which means they're still yeah. around. Uh huh. Um, I mean, I know things like like the, like these gamma bursts. You know, like it's one of those things. that's like a, it's a one in a trillion, yeah, but this, like uh, the essential rogue wave of space. Right. If, if it happens to hit your planet aimed at, it just can instantly sterilize life, and you'll never know it's coming. It's yeah. just going to be like one day your atmosphere is ionized and you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, a star. A, 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 I, I guess like a civilization this advanced, where it seems like they've got 
connections to like dozens of different solar systems like it would be hard for them to be extinguished in one event like that yeah you would think so if and they, I don't know. The other thing is, like, coming. it could be that the show is entirely uninterested in solving the mystery of this ancient precursor race, uh, and I, it's just <laughs> struggling to deal with their technology. Uh, yeah, potentially. I, I think what they are uninterested in is giving us all the information right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they give us quite a bit. I thought, yeah. like you said, yeah. But uh, I still feel like there are big missing pieces that I don't quite have. Sure. Um, the other thing I kind of worry about because they're talking about these inertial, uh, inertial dampener fields and I just keep on thinking mm-hmm. like how Star Trek it's getting of late and I wonder <laughs> if like the protomolecule will be a way to for them to like jumpstart humanity's technological evolution and they're going to mm-hmm. get like by season five they're going to have warp drive and shit and what would that Could look be. like yeah uh, and I know that's something you don't even have personal knowledge of so uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, we're, so they got it's just nothing but locked doors and lights on a timer, and Miller needs Holden to pick the locks for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the Marines are hot on their heels. Uh, Miller offers to stop him permanently, and Holden declines. Probably because if 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 uh, Bobby's not on that ship, does he have him stop her? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Holden's not the guy who's willing to just kill people because they're chasing right, him. Right, especially especially people that are following orders and yeah. following probably good orders. Like, you know, keep mm-hmm. these guys from doing something stupid because they just blew up a ship. God knows what they'll do in here. And he has experience with Martian Marines. You know, even if Bobby's not on there, he's, he knows Bobby. He knows Martian right. Marines. He Alex. sees that they're people. Right, you know? right. Uh, Lieutenant Nimiroff, uh goes to his quarters, sits on his bed in zero-G... And blows his head off. Sure does. While Claire Mal calculates the impact of blowing up the Rossi's reactor core. What the hell? What this is <laughs> this is really accelerating, yeah. Mal. Slow the, down. The splash damage. Yeah, I hmm. So I I guess you had a lot of problems with this uh this gravity thing, but in this scene it worked for you? In the scene with the floating blood and the... I mean, but, that's what I'm saying, like, on his as, as he sits down heavily in the ship's gravity on his <laughs> non-existent, you know, in the non-existent ship's gravity on his bed, then he blows his head off and suddenly everything gets super floaty. Mm-hmm. It's like... So this tells me that the people making the show knows yeah. what needs to happen, and they're just like, well, I don't know. Maybe they need to start calling out in the script, like, everything's floaty, everything should always be floaty. It's not just when... <laughs> blood enters the equation that things are floaty it's floaty all the time that's <laughs> right. what zero gravity means i don't know i don't want to be labor to point probably already have yeah what do you think uh claire's plan is i don't know and i was i mean actually, we know what her goal is right but how is she going to accomplish I'm, it? I'm, I'm struggling to understand what the display was telling me because i think what it's telling me is that the rossi that the 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 prince is just outside of its if it's its total lethal range mm-hmm. but like she doesn't have long before that will not be true. I think you're right about that. So she wants to blow up the Rasanati, which would take, I think, the Marines with them, which would probably further provoke this international, well, it's interplanetary situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's her plan to to take to take. Uh, you know, Holden would survive though because he's at the nucleus. Maybe that's what she wants. For, um, for Holden to survive. I'm not even sure she's aware of that. Oh, that's right. How would she know that he had just... Because her goal is to off. kill Holden. Right. Right? I mean, that's that's clear. Right. Um, but but not not just to kill him. I think she's not satisfied because they get there. That was my whole theory last week is yeah. like if she wanted to kill him, she could just blow up the reactor 
and lo and behold, she has the ability to. Bl- I think she has the ability to blow up the the Rossi's reactor core. So if she just wanted him to die, she could have done that. She wants to humiliate him. She mm-hmm. wants to discredit him. She wants to make him suffer the way she thinks her father has suffered unjustly. Right. Um, so yeah. Uh, Diogo confronts Ashford about his concerns with Captain Drummer, and Ashford shuts him down hard. <laughs> yeah. Diogo stepping out of line here. Although, not really. Yeah. He's playing his part, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does allow Ashford to really stunt about how badass he is. Yeah. Like some of this, like... Oh, I've got dark pasta, (laughs) pasta, Mars, gunship, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever Whatever Uh, he says. He's talking about drinking I've flown three rings around Saturn's anus. (laughs) What? What are you talking about? And Uranus is Saturn. Uh, he drank Earth whiskey out of an admiral's mug before scuttling his ship. Uh, flew past, flew dark past a Martian battle group they never knew he was there. Watched friends breathe back vacuum in his only child burn. He's like uh, kind of like a Sir Davos type. Mm, yeah. So when I say treads carefully, you, you do well to stop talking. Who's got the better tread lightly speech, him or Walter White? I mean, Walter's white devastation was almost entirely on a personal scale. Yeah, <laughs> which I feel like it, it makes it even more severe. Like, I, I don't know. The, the circumstances, I think Walter White's was a little more badass, but this is also... Right. Plus, he was saying it to Hank, right? Like, that's, that's, uh-huh. that's a much, like, you know, like, if he had said that to Walt Jr., it would kind of felt like bullying, and that's <laughs> the case. Like, he's, he's saying it to this mouthy Diogo guy. Uh-huh. I fucking hate Diogo, man. Oh, I love Diogo. I think Diogo's going to get spaced. I it, it's his it's I his destiny. He start. I, I met him. He, he got he got spaced when I first met him. He He's going to get spaced when I last knew him. Yep, and it's going to be glorious. Probably for running drugs or whatever, <laughs> whatever drugs they had on the ship. It, no, it's going to be his mouth. It's going to yeah. be his mouth that gets him into it. Uh, Miller tries to explain this. Subtle distinctions of existence and reality as Holden floats down to the records room. This is the pushing trillions of buttons. It is scene. It is how monkey and Mozart. Man, I I find myself going, how does that work? How are they doing this? But I'm not supposed to know that. This is right. supposed to be magic, right? Like the the ring is supposed to be magic. The inertia thing is magic. Right. It's all sufficiently advanced technology with all that that implies. I mean, if all of our perceptions are electrochemical impulses in our brains, mm-hmm. then like this is well-tread matrix technology. This is, if you've ever tripped a mushrooms, like these are, these yeah. are, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what our reality is. It's, it's how we experience things bathed in this chemical, hormonal, electrical soup in our brain. So like, I guess <laughs> well, a sufficiently advanced civilization could stimulate those at a distance yeah but i'm thinking like how do they target holden because i would think the things that would push holden's buttons would also disrupt the cognitive abilities of the hundreds of people around him and i, I you think know, there's like, evidence of that for sure yeah okay that that's possible uh but i think they would disrupt them in more harmful ways yeah. like cause seizures and people to die but they've also got like this fine control o- other than over maybe matter. a tight beam like, like maybe like they you, do a tight beam into take, his head you can take a fast moving ship and bring its acceleration to zero mm-hmm. in 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 the space of like plank time then you can probably do some crazy localized stuff like just because they're doing this inside holden's brain i don't think means that there necessarily is like background scatter radiation from this although mm-hmm. that is also something i'm theorizing about I mean, why people are <laughs> suicidal and hopeless all of a sudden yeah 
No, I just have tons of questions. Like, oh, sure. You know, they can they can physically manipulate things, right? right. As we see with the inertial dampening. Right. Uh, why can't they make this physical connection? Why do they need Holden to go in and stick his hand well, what's in weird this circuit? Is, what's weird is, like, I've always assumed that Miller is somehow subsumed to the protomolecule, but if anything, it feels like Miller is just kind of like Holden and that he, he he knows a bit more things because he's more plugged in, but mm-hmm. he can't order this nucleus to complete the fucking connection. Yeah. Even though this thing this whole thing is wired like, you know, some fucking transformer planet where it can just shape shift its geography, mm-hmm. do whatever. Like it needs a physical presence there that 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 and that, that this whole scene is to explain to us that Yes, Miller is not there. He is essentially ghost. He has no physical yeah. presence. I feel like we already knew that because we saw him not appearing on like security cams and stuff. But this is mm-hmm. just to kind of to kind of delineate the the powers that that Miller has versus what is beyond him. Yeah. Um. So I think he is a new form of life that is no more able to control this this technology than 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 anything that anything can like he still needs a, a fit like like this this protomolecule technology assumed that there would be a brain behind it doing things and it can't it's just not just automated and i mean you can you can see that even miller can't quite get his head around what's going on here you know when right. he tries he he has a adverse physical reaction to it you know like whatever part of human miller is left is unable to completely understand the protomolecule yeah yeah it's like he says like there's sometimes i have ideas are too big for my 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 head yeah uh so anna gets the bad news about nemiroff as claire is now trying to scheme her way into a mech suit and miss fagan recognizes her whoa Mm -hmm. yeah i i like how she deals with this later um you know where she just kind of walks up and says, hey, you're Claire. Right. She says, you're mistaking me with someone else. She says, no, I'm not. Right. You're Claire. <laughs> right. Don't try and warp my reality here. Right. Uh, not this scene, but I don't know. It leads to this scene. Uh, this is another one of the things where I'm kind of getting annoyed at, where like we walk into a conversation the scientist is having with the religious person about how they can square their belief in science with God and... You know, I've had my share of those conversations and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Maybe uh, this is the first time the scientist has ever encountered a religious person. That's, uh, I mean, that's the explanation, that right? That seems hard to believe given the rest of, of the way the yeah. universe is presented. You know, the, the f- it seems like the religion is a big, big deal to people still mm-hmm. um, on, on Earth and elsewhere. Uh but yeah, so she like it's funny because the soldier that there, I guess sailor that informs her about his death says it was like a malfunctioning as he's cleaning a service weapon, and she instantly intuits that nah, it was suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah. I think that that Anna is is waking up to, you know, what her role needs to be in this situation. Mm-hmm. But I think there's also a possibility that this will drive Anna back toward her family. And right. try try to figure out some way to get back to them because right. she's clearly here for the wrong reasons. Right. Well, and I think it's like the 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 actual meaning of the word minister is someone who like takes care of someone else that like mm. that 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 attends to the needs of someone like yeah. bounding their wounds or you know be for emotional support or providing food or whatever. And like I feel like that 
she's she's realizing that she's not a scientist and i offer very little utility in that area and you know try by by trying to be a shitty scientist i was an even worse minister (laughs) um i'm here to hear people and offer comfort so uh but yeah and then you know claire is confronted but she denies her essential malness uh yep three times and then a cock crows (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anything else you want to talk about the scenes, collection of scenes? Nope. Uh, the Marines plan their assault on the nucleus. Uh, yeah. Not a lot to talk <laughs> here. No. They conspicuously armed themselves with grenades, which will be important here in a minute. I, 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 I will say that Holden is going to be no match oh, in God, any way no. for these. This is maybe... He doesn't even have a gun. Well, I'm thinking... We've definitely seen more Marines on the ground, but this is one of the largest displays of firepower we've seen on the ground. Right. Uh, for, for one like, unarmed dude. Right. <laughs> In a spaceship that's already used its most impressive feature. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and they explain that they're going to go in hot. And then I, I thought it was funny that this uh, this trip guy is like, but, but but as long as we keep it under speed limit, and the lieutenant's like, no fucking shit. Right. Like, I I like that. Like, it's like, that's something I think for the audience just to, but then like the, the impatience of the commander's like, mm-hmm. what the fuck, man? Are you trying to Diego? <laughs> are you trying to Diego me? Are you trying to Ashford me here? In front of Bobby? The fucking Yo. deserter? She's like on hanging on by a fucking fucking thread, man. She's gonna mutiny like you've never seen before. You keep talking, running your mouth. God damn. Uh, Anna leads the crew of the Prince and a eulogy of Lieutenant Nemiroff and Fagin asks her for advice on handling Claire. Oh my God, Do you, would you want a hologram of yourself at your own funeral? Not this hologram where I'm looking creepy in all no. di- uh, random directions. It's so like, weird. A serene smile is what you want. Yes. Not this, like, uh, I, th- this whole scene, I thought, was a I failure. don't want it to feel like there is a ghost in the room watching me. A plus, like, she a creepy, gi- unattached one. She gives, like, a 60-second funeral for this guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> she does. The, she does. She admits that she doesn't know. She says, she essentially, it's like, hey, I don't know this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's a Methodist, and I got roped into this, and <laughs> God wants us to be together, even though he confused our language back in Babel. It started all this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, treat each other gently. Reach out. I mean, it's it's all good advice for, like, you know, yeah. uh, in stressful situations and times. Check up on your friends. Check up on everybody. Stay connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how we're going to honor this lieutenant that no one really knows. Uh, so, yeah, that's 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 dispensed with she's she's an a plus minister again uh fagin chats her up about claire uh she explains i think stuff we already knew that when mal was on the run that you know his whole family was detained and his assets were all frozen and something we didn't know which is a lot of his family melted off into the dark corners of the belt to evade justice that they thought were coming down uh and she doesn't want to get her in further trouble she wants to help her try to make things right I don't know how, I don't know how the legal system in the in the two hundred year future works. Yeah, but it seems a little unjust if your family's <laughs> going down, if your two daughters are going down yeah. for the shit that your company did. That seems a little unjust to me. Sure, like I can understand seizing assets and maybe they'll be poor, mm-hmm. but they shouldn't be at risk for going to prison. No, I'm mean, that's what I'm saying. Like Abbasarala is not a great person mm-hmm. like she is all i mean she will i mean maybe they're maybe they're she, talking about persecution from 
from citizens. Maybe they're they're not talking so. about persecution. No, they were the talking government. about they were talking about detaining like either like they arrested <sighs> his whole family. So it is it is fucked, and it, yeah. but it applied a lot of pressure on him. I mean, like torturing belters with earth gravity is probably against some sort of uh martian accords but that's fair I mean, uh, doesn't give a fuck when it comes to keeping earth safe or, or her new goal of keeping humanity safe um she's not a tame lion in in narnia terms um yeah i guess it almost feels if if it's avasarala is doing it almost feels petty's the wrong word but a little bit like personal too personal sure like sticking it to mao for like doing things that are probably wrong just to stick it to Mao. Yeah, no, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's uh it's it's real politic and it's not not super <laughs> yeah. attractive. No. Um but the the funny line is Anne is like, "Well, you can trust your judgment." Uh <laughs> like, "What? What has this lady done that you say you can she can trust her judgment?" I mean, I don't think that she knew that like, you know, uh Claire had some kind of murder tongue button that she could right. swirl around and break this person in half, but still like I feel like Fagin's whole character has been she's a lightweight who makes bad decisions based on snap decisions and she's not a deep thinker and like this is a maybe another instance where Anne is just not she's being too preoccupied with whatever's in front of her to see beyond that. And with hmm. a very shallow understanding, she just dispenses a bunch of glib advice. Is going to get this woman killed? Yeah. Which I'm wondering is if this is like if this is going to take Anna to a territory where she's just like I hope this doesn't push her into like an insufferable right territory. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see her just moping around, fucking no. paralyzed no. by indecision and all that. Because if you're going to do that, just let her go back to her family. You know, get her out of the ring, yeah. let her go back to her family, and we don't have to see her again. Uh, Holden reaches the records room, which is what I'm going to call the, you know, that's what, that's what Miller calls it. So that's what I'm going to call it, mm-hmm. where he has to complete an alien circuit with his own body. <laughs> but in order to trust, uh, Miller, he demands us talk to the real Miller. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to talk about like this whole scene cause they break it up into pieces, but okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm with Holden, you know, he's about to make a potentially, devastating decision sure for all of humanity here yeah and and also like when i think of completing circuits i'm thinking like i could i could die in this process and kill the whole solar system right that's the thing i mean you you go back to alex's thing that he said to amos right like i'm not worried about dying i'm worried about everybody dying Mm -hmm. when i say everybody i mean everybody right and that's essentially a choice that holden is confronted with here and so he looks to miller for something more than just the proto-molecule is manipulating me into doing this. And he goes to a place where Miller has not wanted to go. He 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 wants to talk about Julie yeah. and, you know, some 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 questions that clearly bother Miller about, like, their last moments together. Like, you know, Julie was already gone, but you were still there. You were still human. You could suffer. Like, did you – did they tear you apart atom by atom? Did you burn? Like, mm-hmm. what? Um, I thought that was uh... – Yeah, he's looking for – he. <laughs> He's looking for his friend yes. who is someone he can trust within this machine. Yes. Or within this entity that is Miller now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and I think it was very effective I the way too. they did it. Right. Right. Like I need I need to know that there's enough of Miller in there that I can trust him that this isn't going to yeah. to be bad. Mm-hmm. Um drummer uh, drummer's down in the hold of the Behemoth reprogramming farm droids as uh Ashford interrupts her to talk local politics. Throwing 
throwing shade. Everybody's throwing shade in this episode. Yeah. And that, that, the thing is, like, he starts to have one of these meandering conversations that tend to backfire as often as they don't. And yeah. she just kind of shuts him down and says, look, I get it what you're doing. And then he switched tactics and says, we have a problem. We need to work it out. And she says, or else <laughs> what? Which I'm like, yeah. I was really excited to see. Because I, what do you think is his pro? Well, you're a bad person to ask. Yeah, mildly interesting. What do I think the problem is? <laughs> uh it's surely not as crass as everyone knows I'm the better captain and you're embarrassing yourself on a daily basis. So why don't you flip the keys to me and you can be my XO? No, like, I it's got to be more feel, sophisticated than that. Like at, at points, it has me wondering if he's working for Anderson Dawes, like directly. Oh, I think that's like that's what I, is I think he there I think specifically to undermine uh, to undermine Fred and steal the the universe's largest ship you know so i i think we have to separate between what anderson dawes wants which i think that's exactly it uh-huh. and what claus ashford thinks is best for the belt because mm-hmm. i think he has his own thoughts and counsel on that which might diver- like I, I i you know i don't think he's going to defy dawes but he might find ways to try to square this circle he's been found to, to do what he thinks is right yeah i can and, see that and also i also believe there's enough of dawes that maybe he picked ashford because that like he's my man but also mm-hmm. he is not going to slide he's not like an admiral wind type that's going to slavishly follow this one direction no matter what changes on the ground right. he's got a head on his shoulders and so because i haven't really figured out whether dawes is a good guy or a bad guy uh and honestly i can't tell you because i don't know right dawes anderson I mean, dawes is not really a big character and even fred course. johnson like i think he's a good guy but is he want what's best for the belt or does he want what's best for him and to rehabilitate his position like been a constant question right yeah like almost everyone you can question like like their loyalty in my- macro or micro ways mm-hmm. uh which is why one of one of the reasons the show is so goddamn fascinating and, and, and it's so interesting i guess to view this power struggle here as it's sort of through the lens of these other two men that are above it all you know right. like like their their position they're so far away from the action here that like you said things change on the ground and you have to make decisions but like one faction very much feels like the fred johnson one faction feels like the anderson dawes and seeing these weird proxies for the battle between fred right. and anderson yeah 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 but you know what's going on behind the scenes it's really just good storytelling and really interesting to me and i like i think that like drummer really impressed ashford with this farm pro business like he mm-hmm. realizes that like well maybe i am the best to purely command this in just terms of my experience and and all that but this woman built this thing. She she yeah. laid down the bones of this ship and has overseed every part of its of its construction and knows it intimately in a way that I probably never will. Mm-hmm. So like, it wouldn't surprise me if his if his problem is like, yeah, we got like Diego and a few of these other hot headed kind of like black sky types that want me to take over, but I don't think that's that's that that's what's going to happen. And I need you yeah, to do these things the to right like. Now. Uh, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll engineer a situation where she can be right, like or like it could be badass, or I, I don't know. That doesn't seem kind of like what he would do either. But <laughs> I don't think it's going to be as simple as like everyone knows I should be captain, so give me the keys to the ship, <laughs> right? But, but but I think they've done some really good work. Yes, with with Fred and Drummer's relationship yes. too, and, and setting that up to be a little bit shaky when she takes over the Navu uh, and turns it into the Behemoth. Mm-hmm. 
behemoth. A lot of people are really up in arms about the way you say behemoth. Uh, oh, look, <laughs> behemoth is a perfectly fine way of saying behemoth. I agree. I agree. That's that's like fine I've heard with me. people smarter than me say it that way. <laughs> so fuck off, okay? But but my point is like you go into this not really knowing where anybody stands firmly, right? Like mm-hmm. drummer at any moment could say. You know, I'm not that loyal to Fred Johnson. He he discarded me. You know, he didn't want. You know, he came back to me in a moment of duress when he needed me to go do something for his mission. What is this helping me do? And maybe she could turn on Fred. Sure. At some point, be convinced by Ashford. You know, I think either either possibility. All of those cards are on the table, and that's the brilliant part of this show. You're exactly right. Is they never they never eliminate those cards. They're always playing face up. Um. Yeah, I mean, eventually they'll have to, but, like, you know. Oh, oh of course, yes. It has to reach a conclusion somewhere, right, right, right. but in the meantime, it's fascinating I to wonder watch if, though, it. Because, like, you know, one thing I've been fascinated with the Game of Thrones crowd is how, as things near the conclusion, people are bitching yeah. about, like, where's the, all the subtlety and where's the idea that anything could happen? It's the end of the story. That's where it happened. Yeah. Like, if it was, con- it was ambiguous to the end, it wouldn't be an end now, would it? It wouldn't feel like an end, and then you'd be complaining that the end never came. Like, right. you never finished the story, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, I, didn't, I just didn't get anything satisfying. It's like, <laughs> right. it's, man, That's an impossible challenge. You You're right. Ending a series of books. I don't know how they're going to do it with these last two. Yes. And Especially I, something this big and epic. Yeah. Um, it's 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 going to be tough. Uh, so Fagin tries to approach Claire and offer help, but instead she activates her murder button... <laughs> and is Tilly dead? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say we found out Fagin's name's Tilly. Uh, I surely. I've been calling her Victoria well, or something for some reason. The only thing, because I think I don't it's know why. Uh, my guess is that the, she is a amalgam of several characters from the books. Like it nope. feels. Oh, really? Because nope. like I, She's I, I a thought singular you cl- character. I thought from you the book. clocked her as a uh, the wife of this minister when you saw first saw her, and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, well, maybe there's been like several characters that she's collapsed into. Uh, the I'm only thing that might sure save no, her yeah. is the sudden deceleration from 13,000 kilometers per hour to yeah. zero, which is going to Which f- seems like it shouldn't save her. It up. seems like it should kill her. Um, if you're not strapped in at that moment, okay, well, let's, let's, you should be dead, right? We're, we're going to talk about this. We're okay. going to talk about this. Curious um, on the math. So, yeah. Uh, Claire is completely dismissive of the idea that Fagan would try to help her have her best interest in heart well i mean she clearly doesn't here's there's a mismatch in knowledge here right yes like tilly has this impression of claire from one side where she's on the run and she's scared and she's looking for help yeah wherever she can find and it. there's this idea that she's slumming like oh i saw her in a service text uniform. right i'm like oh my god she's she's <laughs> traded in her silk dresses and pumps for this shit uh, you know and then claire on the other side has the true knowledge uh, which right. makes this like a weird, uneven scenario, which I really like. Right. Uh, Miller is able to convince Holden to trust him as the Marines arrive and cause a standoff. Now, I don't know, man. I <laughs> I didn't understand the story Miller told and why. Oh, about Julie? And the angel and how like when a child dies, the angel falls halfway with him. Yeah. I, I think this is Miller trying to say, look. I I tried to come in with Julie and be, you know, essentially her guide through this terrible scenario that they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she ended up being my guide. Right. Because 
you know, for for whatever reason, I wasn't strong enough to do it. I was afraid. And so, she, and so she had to help me. And I think the only purpose of this story is to humanize this portion of Miller, humanize this portion of the proto-molecule manifestation I mean, so that James Holden will trust it. Yeah, like I... It's a beautiful story, I think. I, I do too. I just, I don't, I, what's really tripping me up is the mythos. Like, I don't understand the story of an angel falling halfway and then oh, him okay. saying, well, if you fall for me, you're falling all the way, which goes back to what I always considered a weird, creepy, one-sided romantic relationship between Miller and Julie. I, I think what he's trying to say is, so the the point of the angel thing is to guide them to heaven, right? So that they won't be scared by what's happening. The, so, the angel oh, takes so the, the hand so that, and guides so, them okay. halfway, and they say, so, no, so the you're child almost is, there, go along The, the child's yourself. floating halfway to heaven, and or then falling, the angel pretends... I think oh, what you're supposed to understand is the, the child is floating to heaven, and the angel pretends like it's fallen from heaven, and it needs help getting back up, so then the child can... Like, maybe that's what they're trying to go for? Something like that. I just yeah. never heard... And, and then, I haven't either. It's kind of like, you know, it's like, uh, they, they said when Jesus died that he shat licorice. Like, mm-hmm. what? okay, <laughs> yeah. what? You know? Uh, it has a meta... It's a metaphor. Don't right. take it right. literally. Right. Unlike eating his body. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> that's something uh, you literally understand. But but I think the... You need to... You're going to have to fall all the way with me is him saying I'm that I am afraid. so fucking scared right. here and this is so alien right that you're okay. going to have to take me all the way okay man. that actually helped me understand the scene thank you very much <laughs> okay uh, cuz I watched I rewind I'm like what the f-? I mean I get yeah. it that this was tying him to this was humanizing Miller and this is what's convincing cuz Holden at the end of it says it's good to see you again Miller yeah so like he now knows that there's enough of his friend here that 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 he can trust to do this crazy thing and but, if you're interested in a even better, deeper explanation, go listen to the churn because that's where I finally understood this scene. Okay, um, I don't think it was necessary to understand it on a gut level, but I think right. it helped certainly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I intuitively understood it, but I yeah. always prefer to actually understand things that I try to talk <laughs> about on the podcast. Uh, then the Marines, the Marines surround Miller, um, and uh, Holden says, "Hey, I have to complete the circuit." Uh, Bobby warns him against moving. He moves anyway, and Bobby just unfucking loads. I think her and the lieutenant both uh, unload, but the machine stops the bullets. The lieutenant yeah. then throws a grenade at some kind of shape shifting geography, uh-huh. and the nucleus grabs him and shucks him like an ear of corn. Oh yeah, uh, which and as horrifies w- Bobby. Like the look on Bobby's sh- face. Yeah. Yeah, While this is happening. She can't imagine that anything could do this to a marine, right? In power armor, right? Well, she should get a load of what's going on outside in the bubble because every moving thing just instantly uh-huh. grinds to a halt. Now, oh boy, let's do some math. I did some Why G-force didn't calculation. Get turned into goo in the slowdown. So twelve twelve hundred or twelve thousand kilometers per hour is roughly equal to seventy five hundred miles per hour. Okay, and if you take that with an in speed of zero. Uh, and you just start playing around. Like, how fast do you think those things decelerated in? Like, five seconds, one second, two, three seconds? One, one second. Okay. If it is decelerated in one second, oh, then every human aboard these ships experienced negative 341 Gs, oh, which is essentially God. anything over 100 Gs uh-huh. is almost instantly fatal to a human. Yeah. Now, if you... Because, like, these ships are large, and there's also... There's definite scaling issues, like... 
I was I think last week my scaling issues turned out to be unfounded, but when they showed the Thomas Prince going through the gate mm-hmm. and it took like several seconds, like the Thomas Prince is either like dozens if not hundreds of kilometers long or they just fucked up the scaling to make it look cool or they're going super slow because it just blurring past the gate would not look would not look cool. Um, but like I would believe since we are kind of zoomed out that maybe like up to three seconds is how long it took to go completely to zero. And if that mm. happened, then their G's are right at a negative 113, which says to me they they carefully picked this speed to where maybe half the people could be could survive, but be like like in the worst car wreck they've ever been. Mm-hmm. And maybe some people that were strapped in would survive. But like, my God, if you're just in mag boots, you're going to just be ankles. instantly crumpled to the floor. Yeah. In a heap. Like, I would think your done. your your femurs would shoot up through your shoulders or something. Yeah, I mean, but, looking but at I, the I do think they did the math and they picked a speed where it's somewhat believable that some people would survive. And we do know that, you know, they're not traveling 18,000. They're traveling 12,000 something, 30% below. Oh, I did that math, though. Yeah. Now, the, that's the other thing is, like, the some of the ships that are the, going. I think the Shenyun, is that the name of it? They're going max speed, I they're think. They're going max speed. And Ra- the Rossi. Um, so, yeah. like, if you did the math on that, I don't it's know what Naomi's be... going. Right, right, right. I mean, we saw, like, what happened to Maneo. He just got pulped when he went yeah. to the, the zero, so. But, but we know... He was going very, very, very fast. He was going very as, fast. As fast as he could. Right. So I don't, I don't know how fast a ship can actually get up to in this universe, but... Yeah, it's, it's funny because if it's instantaneous stop, this, this calculator won't let me put in zero yeah. time frame. Um, point one second. But I put, put one do? second and it's negative 3,500 Gs. That's, 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 that's salsa. Territory. That's chunky salsa territory. Yeah. So, I, like I said, I, I did the math. I think it's plausible that people will survive this, but there better be just a lot of widespread damage and destruction. And Well, I think the scarier thing is they're now going to be caught in these inertial fields, right? Right. I mean, if you look at what's happened to all of the other objects caught in it, they are going to be pulled to the nucleus. Right. And they're going to be set in this orbit from which they cannot move. Right. I'm guessing that completing so, the circuit or like unlocking these doors or like because because Miller Miller wants him to reboot the system so Miller can take control. I think uh, once that happens, everything's going to be right as rain. But yeah, we'll see. Otherwise, yeah, the story ends here and we just have a whole new the, the Stargate closes and we have a whole new list of heroes next next season. <laughs> and you don't you wouldn't even know you wouldn't even know you wouldn't even know this could be I wouldn't yeah, yeah this could be book, the big, maybe book big, four is the book where they don't have they just the reboot Rossi. the universe right yeah. yeah it's a whole whole other crew of assholes Avasarala we'd still have Avasarala we would and Alex's family and that's <laughs> how, that's we'd rebuild the world with that yep uh so Holden completes the circuit and Panda fucking Momium breaks out it's just Star Child weird flashes uh, I'm gonna yeah. describe what I saw okay. He sees the protomolecule unbuild the ring, retreat to Venus. Uh, he sees the arbor gas put back together. He sees the Eros leave Venus. He then sees a bird formed out of protomolecule dust, return to like a pulsing port protomolecule dust. He sees from inside the bubble a perspective of like all these pocket universes that look like they're focused on star systems. There's a couple double star systems, a lot of single star systems. And they start to disappear and collapse one by one. Uh, then it appears to single out what I think is our solar system. 
and launch a beam that destroys our sun, which provokes the, the screaming, naked star child version of Holden to scream. He withdraws his hand and collapses. Uh, do you? The only thing I'm really wanting you to dispute is whether that was intended to be our solar system, that it hit, lances with the blue beam that destroys our, the sun. Because it looked like it went past, like... I don't... Saturn so. and Jupiter and like Earth and Mercury, but the scaling was weird and yeah. What I remember from the books, I would say no. Okay, it was not intended to be Soul. Okay, so is this because I because the thing that I got from this is that we were seeing the civilization start to collapse and it would start to lose its systems, and this thing was being used as a a war platform to maybe destroy. This is where it's conjecture. Like, yeah. I think the visual storytelling of it lose. Oh, you know what? But since this was all since this is all going backwards in time, maybe we're seeing the civilization expand. And this is how they expanded. They somehow use this beam to make suns go critical and harness that energy. I fuck. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's what I saw. Okay, I don't let, know what any of it means. Let me I I think I'm going to mix the feedback. So we only got two pieces of feedback that I'm going to read this week. Uh-huh. So and, let's and they're mix. both about my pronunciation of behemoth. And one of them is. No, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm going to mix the feedback section with the recap because you just brought up something that Amon from London brings up. Um, he he says he hasn't read the books. So it's pure speculation. Ah, I try uh, to pull that shit a lot for yeah. in my experience. It, it doesn't sound like he's read the books, okay. but he's deducing a lot of things. So he says, I think I'm correct in assuming James Holden is viewing all these events in reverse. Like yes, you it does seem like that's what they're trying to tell the story of. Therefore, it is correct to assume that the protomolecule's sun slash planet slash giant sperm bank was formed in order to send its specimen to a bunch of different wormholes in order to spread itself across the galaxy, which we kind of know is the origin of the protomolecule in... I mean, we don't know the reason, we don't know the why, but we know the how, right? Right. It was. It, it sent it to uh, the centaur object. Fuck. That, what was the what was the name? Uh, uh it, the, the Jupiter moon, wasn't it? No, it was a Saturn moon, wasn't it? Phoebe. Phoebe, yes, uh, I think so. <laughs> but yeah, we know that that's kind of like what we've pieced together in the past. Uh, also, I think that a child who dismembered and analyzed a human's body in three hundred four was a key clue to finishing the work as it has now been revealed that the nucleus can repair itself using human remains um oh that's what they were trying that was what they were saying I yeah s- yeah so that they they that that crater was formed by the grenade and it just passed mm-hmm. itself up with uh, okay seems like it um so then the protomolecule specifically tore the suit off the soldier in order to get to it so i'm thinking uh I'm correct in in this entire thing has been formed from the bodies of the people of Eros which is a disturbing thought. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah, I mean, we know that the protomolecule has been collecting matter, right? Yeah. It doesn't of have to types. be bodies, though. It's like, yeah. No, no, no. I think it's suit, it's bodies, it's it's mechanics. It's, it's the rock itself of Eros. Yeah. I mean, I would believe that this thing can just break it down into its component right. atoms and right. you purpose those for whatever. Right. You know, it's the replicator, essentially. Okay. Uh, what do you guys think about this? I mean, I, I like your deductions here. It all seems to make a lot of sense. And honestly, like at the end of book three, I don't have a much clearer understanding of the protomolecule. Because hmm. like I said, this is very, very, very close, especially on the protomolecule end, mm-hmm. very close to the end of book three. Hmm. Okay. But didn't you say we were only halfway through book three? In some respects, yeah. Oh, okay. In, okay. in all of the like 
non-protomolecule respects, yeah, we're we still have a lot of ground to cover. In the respect in respect to the protomolecule, we're almost at the end. Interesting. I wonder if they're going to dispense with the non-protomolecule stuff because I don't think it so. does seem like it's all centered on that. But yeah, uh, okay. I yeah, there's nothing there like that lines up with a lot of what I was thinking too. I'm really confused by the bird. The I mean, that's bird. Julie. That that's that's Julie's thing. Yeah. Um, is this is this him seeing the parts of Julie in the in the protomolecule entity? So one of the theory did I say this out loud last week because I had it in my notes and I think I might have skipped over it. But there's part of me that says that Julie protomolecule Julie is going to appear to Claire and smooth things over with her in the same way that protomolecule Miller has been appearing to Holden. Hmm. Okay. And I don't that, think you said that. That okay, well I meant to say that. And that that protomolecule bird I think we're understand is to understand exactly that that Julie is still in yeah. in that the, in the same way that that Miller is. Right, that would make a lot of sense. So that I mean that that yeah, I I don't know why you would reveal that unless she was going like cuz cuz again, the reason Miller appeared to Holden's because they had that intense personal connection. How much more intense and personal can you get than a sister that you've always hated? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, showing up. No, this was the the craziest scene to me, and the scene that I was most anticipating because I had no idea how they'd visualize it. Yeah, I mean this this idea that you know, as Miller says, these ideas are too big for your head. Right. <laughs> no, I mean or, it's like how, how do you convey to a human being via a television screen an idea that's too big for your head? Right, and also like what it, it's like that perfect this... speech, right? Like the most amazing speech or the question you never thought to ask. Yeah, like how do you? Uh-huh. You're setting yourself up for failure. Here. You can just give a tribute, like you know, this isn't exactly, this yeah. isn't the most alien thing you can imagine. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just a tribute. I yeah, I, I wonder how because I wonder how much of this Miller understands. Yeah, because it feels like that he doesn't have the information. Like he doesn't have this information of background because he wanted him to go. He needed him to go down and look in the records room. Mm-hmm. So. And now yeah. I guess he's pulling this information from Holden's head, like. Well, and also, like, the other question I have is, like, why did the protomolecule, if it had all of, if it had the moon, if it had a, if it had a moon of Saturn to work with, mm-hmm. why didn't it, uh, to me, it's like, I guess, if I was just to take a stab at what this thing was supposed to do, is, like, you launch this kind of, like, protomolecule probe into some system, and then automated, like, builds the Stargate so that you can then travel to it, or do whatever you want to the solar system, like, Mm-hmm. What went wrong with it that it didn't do that? Did it arrive after the civilization had already passed from the galactic scene and it didn't have its awake like activation orders or yeah. and it was the humans fucking with it that activated it and now it's doing what it was supposed to do, which is It's a good question. Make a Stargate. I don't know. Why did it choose why did it choose the star why did it go back the, that the other question is why did it go back to the outer ring of the solar system to form itself? Why didn't it do it in the inner part of the solar system? Uh my guess is it it from a storytelling purpose that allowed everyone to get to have time to get there at the same time. Whereas if it appeared like in Venus, then Earth right. is in the pole position. Well, I'm also thinking. But that's I'm trying not to a think very like, satisfying answer on much much larger scales, like of both time and space, right? Because what's what's a few hundred thousand or what's a few hundred thousand kilometers to an alien race that can send shit through wormholes? And create rings. Right. And, like, who cares where in the system it is? I guess that's true. They're going to be able to travel planet to planet in a matter of minutes, if not 
seconds, you know? Okay. So who cares about that? And then time-wise, like, maybe it did exactly what it was supposed to do. But it's still an argument for maybe building a gate where you're at rather than going to some arbitrary place in the solar system and build it there. Like, maybe it's programmed to go to yeah, a particular yeah, yeah. astronomical feel, unit yeah. from the star to build the gate. I don't, but you know, who who cares? Like, yeah. I I have no I have no information about that and what's to speculate on. No, but I'm thinking maybe the protomolecule worked exactly as intended with its time frame. You know, it huh. goes there and whenever, whenever yeah. it happens to work, you know, yeah. whenever the event or they, they know that some event is about to happen in that system. And so, you know. They they send the probe out and you know if it happens a million years from now, or twenty years or a billion, it doesn't really matter right. to this ancient alien civilization. That appears to be gone anyway. Yeah, uh, which I wonder how like like it's weird the things Miller does know and doesn't know, mm-hmm. and I wonder if that's like because uh, I, I wonder how like like maybe Miller the entity knows a lot more, but he's constrained by how much he can express to Holden. I think that's a big component of it. Yeah. 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 Like he like like that like this version of Miller is just like his pinky that mm-hmm. he's stuck through this membrane to talk to Miller, but he can't con- that's like he can only convey the thoughts that he can convey with his pinky. Yeah. That's a weird weird uh that's that's a weird analogy to make, but <laughs> well, let's, let's roll Well, I mean, with in it. some ways like when he's talking about like an idea that's too big for his head, he's talking about Holden's head. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, Miller as an entity is kind of still in there, but like he's using Holden's brain mm-hmm. to communicate. So he can't communicate anything that Holden's brain can't handle. Right. Uh, okay. Do we, you said you had another piece of feedback? Uh, yeah. I have uh, one from Naftali from Israel. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm sorry. If it's not, uh, he says, I had to remark that Amos has a tattoo in Hebrew, although its meaning is unclear. The first word is reut, I think, which means friendship, and the second word is unclear. Is that the one uh, that looks like Klingon yeah, on his forearm? Yeah, yeah, Okay. So that's like style, because it didn't yeah, look it's like... it's Hebrew, it's, it's stylized space Hebrew? I guess so, yeah. Huh. Hebrew in a weird, in a slightly weird font. Someone's had to... Because, like, I saw there was a website I got to earlier in the season where they had a collection of everyone's tattoos on... Like all the different like weird neck tattoos yeah. and like Naomi's chest tattoo. The like chest, all that they stuff, they yeah. had all that stuff. Like you could look it up by character. I wish I knew what it was, but some website that like collected all these different tattoos huh. and it looked like it went through maybe season. It, it didn't. It wasn't up to the current season. Um, but so, yeah, somebody's had to have you know figured that out. Surely. Yeah, I I just thought it was funny to like speculate on what the second word is because friendship is not a big word that i would ascribe to amos it's not like the largest word in the word cloud yeah of amos at least before you know prax came along sure yeah um and i think there's some stuff in the churn where friendship could apply to him but it's Mm -hmm. it's not the foremost thing you think of amos so for him to have a tattoo Mm -hmm. that says friendship something or maybe he's like like so many other people and they just pick out you know words that they don't might maybe understand or right the, the he got tattoo this tattoo pop- is a mistranslation it's supposed to be like <laughs> uh-huh. i'm the badass devil and it's like friendship and <laughs> friendship and baklava and... or something <laughs> yes uh i like to think of the second word is baklava yeah it's french it's it's a uh, french it's like uh you know friendship bread only baklava <laughs> uh all right 
That's all the feedback we got? Yeah, that's it. All right, there you go. Expanse at baldmove.com if you'd like to tickle our fancy, if you'd like to reach out and push some of our trillions of connections. Synapses. we got more synapses in our head than there are stars in the galaxy. According, in the universe or galaxy? In, in all the universes that have ever that's existed. That's hard to believe. It really is. Like, anytime yeah. you talk about those, like, I guess that's why they call them, like, you know, cosmic numbers. It's just like, Jesus Christ, there's, there's just too much of it out there. Mm-hmm. And yet, we have more of that in our head. What are you going to do? Some of us do. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> not me. I'm, I'm working with billions, not trillions. I got the, I got the Barry. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm tr- <laughs> working on adding that extra comma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Expansiveballmove.com. Of course, we also got our forums, forums.ballmove.com. Uh, and follow us. Uh, follow along with us on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that, at or slash baldmove, whichever, uh, whichever way those platforms work. You gotta, you gotta use your brain. You gotta use those billions of connections. Trillions of connections, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week for another Expanse. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. Later.